everyone thanks for tuning into the sissy squad through shisha we are your host for the day i am meera and i am khyati and today we have a really special guest with us who i'm sure will inspire you with her brave journey battling cancer and misogyny marcia smith an author rightly said and i quote cancer is not a death sentence rather it is a life sentence it forces one to live extending our warmest greetings to the people tuning in uh, we are so excited to introduce you all to our guest for this day um, ms prakshi saraswat a warrior and uterine cancer survivor um, at 30 a day before her birthday she was diagnosed with endometrial cancer and today through her page bolsaki she voices her experience and educates communities on gynecological cancer and women's health She has also shared her journey on various national and international platforms and has been instrumental in normalizing conversations around cancer in young people. Um so Prakshina we've been following you on Bol Sakhi for some time now. What inspired you to start this venture and what inspires you to continue doing it? First of all I'd like to say a very good evening uh, to everyone who is tuned in today. Thank you Meera, thank you Khyati for the lovely welcome. um so as uh, i've done uh, you know uh, previously also i've done an interaction with you and uh, i'd say what is keeping me going with bolsaki is that you know uh, what i have experienced is kind of uh, uh, you know not so normal thing to happen within the society so uh, considering that i was young at the time i was diagnosed and uh, we have this conception you know in mind that uh cancer is only you know something for the old people to have so the idea was to break that that myth you know the idea was bring to a light that cancer can really happen at any age and um, uh more so for for gynecological cancers i think since there is a certain stigma and certain uh i'd say shame associated with talking about these kind of issues uh people mostly you know they would uh, kind of not pay attention to their symptoms or not have enough courage to go out and get checked so um i think my experience could help somebody you know gain that courage my experience could actually uh you know just just uh, give them that sense of uh, you know well being that they make that effort to go and get checked so largely from that and obviously there uh th- this is the health part of it the other part of it i would say that there is a lot of uh, you know society that has to change in terms of you know how they associate themselves with somebody who has cancer especially a girl in india you know so somebody who's uh, supposedly of a marriageable age and if something like this happens that you lose your ability to have children you uh, labeled for life as a cancer patient what happens to the other aspects of your life just to normalize that those conversations and you know just strive for some kind of normalcy around cancer talk and you know if you don't talk about it i think uh, it's very difficult to uh, you know uh, just find any solutions you know that work for the society so that yes right so i think it's really amazing that you are doing this in order to bring about a change in society which yeah. is very much the need of the hour so my yeah. next question to you would be um, what were some of the important milestones and what were some of the positive events that took place during your entire journey whether it was support that you received or some good news that you received 
what were some of those important events that took place yes uh, okay so mira i think the milestones as such i think uh, i had to take my life as it came to me last year and of course uh, something like this uh, it's not just the disease it's a lot of your life dependent on certain you know certain parameters that you want your life to be in and suddenly when you see that none of it is really you know fitting in well uh, you do tend to kind of uh, you know uh, how much ever strong you are i'd say we have to embrace our low moments low points so milestones uh, were both you know happy ones and <laughs> sad ones you know so i have embraced both and in my journey i think uh, it's not i would it would be unfair to say that where i am today is because of who uh, because of my own you know my own strength it is absolutely not the case uh, with uh, cancer i think uh, it is a whole community it is a whole lot of your you know friends your family your social circle everybody has to like pitch in uh, to get you out of that space and you know get you going in life so um, i've been extremely extremely fortunate that ways and uh, i have ha- you know i have friends all over they they constantly make sure that i am okay if i'm not okay they they have that patience to hear me out time and again they don't expect me to be you know suddenly just be okay about stuff in that kind of patience is required i think for any kind of caregiver especially uh, with someone you know who's dealing with cancer so that has been there of course like i i always like to mention my parents who've uh, kept that open mind and uh, always you know tried to help me move forward in life in the sense that okay certain aspects of your lives are not getting fulfilled but it's not like you know those those are the ones that you really really have to pay attention to there's still life you know ahead of you you can still dream you can still you know look forward to working just your general goals in life they're still achievable so to maintain that kind of uh, i'd say confidence in me and you know just pushing me forward is something that i needed and i've been constantly receiving it from everyone in my life so yeah so far so good i think i think that's absolutely wonderful to have the support of your friends and family that's yeah, like yeah. in my personal experience as well it's extremely important to you know get support from those people. yes and and to appreciate that you know because uh, um, in anything in life i think you know you need that you know you need your people you need somebody who believes in you yeah and uh, with a with a disease like cancer uh, more so because i think there is no permanent cure to it and you know there is a high sense of mortality that that a patient is dealing with you know there is a fear of reoccurrence there is a lot of other fears you know there's some side effects of the surgeries that you're dealing with so i think uh, what you learn to be is not to be harsh on yourself i think that's one way to go about it uh never be harsh on yourself to any cancer survivor or uh, caregivers as much uh you have to learn to love yourself and uh, i think uh, i'm still getting there you know Definitely. i would not paint paint a different picture and say that okay everything is hunky dory it's obviously not it's it's a process i think and you have to take one day at a time i think that's the way to go about it yes so it must have been very overwhelming for you to handle emotion and mental stress during your battle against cancer so what were the factors that provided support to you other than your family and friends yes 
So, uh, like you rightly said, Kathy, it's uh, quite a tumultuous time when you get to hear of something life-changing. Um, you know, uh, some people say that, you know, you uh, people told me that you got good cancer. So, uh, first of all, I would like to say that there is nothing like a good cancer because mine was an endometrial cancer, which was endometrial carcinoma. People say that once you have a surgery, mostly it's cured. But that is one thing that I would like to uh, say that uh, no cancer is good cancer because it's not just the disease or the treatment, but it was also about the entire journey. It is also about somebody, you know, being able to rise above it and just looking at life from a different lens, like a positive lens. So, um, of course, while the treatment happened, uh, I believe there was a lot of pressure on me from certain, you know, uh, everybody, your well-wishers also, but everybody wants you to bounce back like ASAP because probably that's how they think that, you know, you should be, uh, I was told that, you know, your treatment is done. Don't overreact. Don't do this. Don't do that. Why are you thinking like that? But unfortunately it doesn't work like that. You know, healing takes time. Your mental health will go up and down. It is something really, really life altering. So you do tend to have like really bad days and then you do tend to sometimes feel very, very positive about life. So it's a, it's a cycle, you know, it just goes on like that. But early on, I think I realized that uh, uh, while my family and friends were there, you know, I needed some professional, professional support very early on. Like I, I think right about after my surgery and uh, two months down the line, I realized that, you know, I need professional support. Which brings me to the point that I realize that mental health is absolutely important and therapy is something that we should not shy away from. So, you know, uh, therapy is still something that I think our Indian context is getting to learn. You know, people think that how would talking to somebody and paying, paying for that thing, you know, help you out. But uh, I think I realize the importance of it and I, I have always appreciated it, but then when I was in this spot, I did not shy away from seeking medical help, going out to specialized, you know, onco-psychologists, whoever that I wanted to talk to. Um, those people have these, you know, uh, that, that sense of you know, getting you to, to the right place. So uh, I think uh, uh, my treating doctor is uh, Dr. Hiba Siddiqui. She's a senior psychologist in Max Healthcare in Delhi. So yes, um, it's been better, honestly, it has helped me because uh, see, cancer is something, uh, one is a personal journey and one is the journey that you live with people around you. They might not always have that emotional, uh, you know, capacity, I would say. It's mm -hmm. not that they're in denial, but they might, might not have that emotional capacity to help you. So professional help is absolutely something that you should go for. You know, and something as heavy as cancer, please go, you Definitely. go, the patients should go, they should take their families if they agree. Uh, some questions you just can't have answers to. And it's always, always better that you look for professional help. So mental health, prioritize, go for therapy, speak it out, just, just find your solutions. Um, just ask for a help basically from every corner that you can. So that has been my, my approach to it. And it's been helping me since then, I think. It's, been, it's getting better, by the way, yes. So like you said, that seeking help is very important. So did you join any support groups that provided you support or helped you in your battle? 
Yes, so Kathy, uh, I'd say when I was initially diagnosed in November 2020, um, the pain point was that there were not many reference points from the Indian context. You know, there weren't any support groups. Nobody was talking about endometrial cancer in young people, or nobody was even talking about like gynecological cancer as such. So, you know, I tried looking out since we are in the age of social media. My first reaction was to look for something on Facebook or Instagram. But uh, unfortunately, there was no conversation, especially from an Indian context. What I could find was just this one press release, you know, that's talking about uh, fertility preservation and then 29-year-old endometrial cancer survivor. That was all the literature that was available to me at that point. And it, unfortunately, and uh, it, was, it was very distressing, you know, because who do I speak to? Every doctor I go to do not believe that, you know, a 29-year-old, 30-year-old is having cancer like this. Plus, I don't have any... Uh, you know, um, my friends are not understanding because obviously it's something medically complex. So they don't have the expertise to comment on it. Your parents, they are in shock. Okay. So they, they, they definitely uh, can't guide you, you know, which way to go. Uh, and a thousand different questions, you know, on how your quality of life is going to be affected, how physically your biology is going to affect. A lot of questions were there. But no, no Indian literature available as such. So what I could actually then finally find is a group on Facebook. It's called Young Endometrial or Gynecological Cancer Survivors Group. It's actually an American group that is started by a few of these cancer survivors. And it stands tall at about 2,000 young women, all aged from, I think, from 19 till you can say 45, 50. But like there is no obviously age limit, anybody can join that. But uh, that was probably the only support group that I had at that point. And uh, yes, I did have like a lot of conversations. Everybody was pretty open, pretty supportive. You know, they keep they kept on checking on you until you had the surgery and any mm -hmm. questions posed that. So surgery is one part of it. But after that comes like your surgical menopause, mood swings, you know, your weight issues, your hair issues, things like that on which nobody counsels us. So that group is pretty active in that way, you know. It's mm -hmm. not, people are not providing medical, uh, I'd say medical uh, advice over there. But then if you hear it from somebody who's going through some, something similar, it just, it just helps, you know, emotionally, mentally. So that was one group. And I really wish, I've learned a lot from that group. Uh, some of the members from there are still like my friends now and we keep on checking on each other which is great because sometimes it's very difficult to get some get an outsider who's not gone through the same thing to understand you know make them understand what you're going through so those women actually get it you know they get it they they have yeah. the same symptoms probably same kind of fears so uh, having a support group really helps so I really think that we in India should also have something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, we have to get people talking about their condition, not that they have to actively, uh, you know, actively speak about it, but at least share because it helps. It helps. The number of messages that I get that, you know, somebody went to the doctor because of me, it's, it's overwhelming, you know, in a good way, of mm -hmm. course. You know, it just makes you feel like your journey has some purpose. It's just that. So we should have those conversations. We should create communities. We should educate young girls. We should 
talk like talk about these issues with our moms you know with our uh, aunts moms cousins whoever just normalize all of it like you know just and cite examples like mine in your normal household that you know uh, don't ignore it just get it checked definitely god's grace nothing should be uh, you know uh, abnormal about your condition but then at least make that effort to go to the doctor and get checked so, yeah yeah i mean i think it's very fascinating how even social media which was a very not a very significant part of our lives earlier how it has completely transformed the way we live as you said that there was a support group not based in india which you found out about and you've been uh, active on it ever since so social media i think even though it has had like like many many negative consequences it has also had many many positive consequences as well i agree with you mira so uh, i mean while the, the debate is always on about how social media is taking over our, uh, our lives but i think that uh, it is also important to realize the amount of information and the kind of connects we yeah. can make of media so okay. at the end of the day i think it's on to us on how we are making use of that information you know uh, i think it's a great space to be uh, and i'm personally a brand and marketing professional so i advocate for social media all the time mm-hmm. um, so yes i think uh, that support was immense i had the right kind of questions to ask my doctor you know otherwise how would i even know that i have to talk about my bones for example i have to talk about my heart condition you know because yeah. uh, this the, the surgery that i had you know causes you to lose all the estrogen in the body and it has some certain side effects those questions i would not have known had i not been on that group so uh, let's let's just work towards creating such communities for people who don't speak english people who are native indians you know maybe just somebody takes that initiative and does that maybe doctors yeah. should get together and you know understand that okay cancers are very common these days you know every fourth or fifth person you will meet would go through a cancer diagnosis such as our environmental condition you don't know whether it's in your food chain whether it's you know uh, genetic they say but then uh, you never know everybody is getting cancers these days so right. drive those conversations and then at least believe that this is happening to the young very frequently is something that the medical community also has to come to terms with that acceptance is not there i still get mm. that those looks you know whenever i go for my checkup they just look at my age and they ask that are you serious and i like i'm are you the doctor please <laughs> i'm i don't know this is what mm. it is so that that conversation really needs to happen i think yeah definitely so um we've heard about your journey uh, before and we are absolutely inspired by it but i think it will be unfair to our listeners if they don't get an opportunity to hear it so would you like to give a brief gist of uh, your experience while battling endometrial cancer with our listeners so uh, about my diagnosis it was honestly very sudden it was it just happened and i'd be saying that i was the lucky few who just got to know at a very early stage because i had very very significant symptoms very prominent symptoms i uh, was anemic at one point in 2020 i was having heavy periods with clots i was having uh, fatigue you know my general hormonal imbalance was there in the body so 
I just happened to go go get go go to the doctor and while everybody around me said that you know I'm probably overreacting and it's just it's just regular period issues but uh, it wasn't really and uh, I had this uh, small tumor in the in the uterus which was diagnosed as a fibroid or a polyp which is benign in nature but uh, somehow they thought that maybe it should be sent for biopsy which happened by chance again and it turned out to be cancer so uh, the standard treatment for it was a radical hysterectomy it means your removal of the entire reproductive system so they don't want to take chances so they just remove all of it um, since i was stage one that was the only treatment applicable for me and uh, yes there have been permanent side effects of me getting into surgical menopause what should ideally happen at the age of like 45 50 after deal with it at 30 31 mm. so uh, that's something that that is bothersome but um, i think getting used to it my body is getting used to it and um, yes that was that um, i was also uh, planning to get married at that time so a lot of things were happening it obviously didn't happen and uh, okay that's something you know it, it just is a part of my life now so yes um, good part was that i i heard you know, I listened to my body and I just went. It could have been something really, really gruesome if I hadn't taken that effort to go and, you know, yeah. ask for the checkup. First of all, I mean, see, what I have faced is that uh, when you're young, when you say, when you tell a doctor that you're going to get married and all of that, they don't want to get you checked. They don't want to get you checked. That's the reality of oh. it. Because nobody wants to like, do something to your uterus or you know give you a pc or dpcos diagnosis or just give you like some fertility issue you know uh, as the diagnosis so uh because a lot of our society is driven by um, you know these factors if somebody mm. knows you have PCOS, you probably won't be able to conceive very naturally you know you would require some external uh, monitoring so people are scared to have those conversations. So I think that was also the case with me. So I had to literally like push, push my doctor that please check me out. So for, yeah, for the young girls in India, it's very difficult to get a gynecological, you know, uh, checkup done. It's pretty, pretty difficult. I think there is, uh, I wouldn't say all, all the doctors, like my doctor is fantastic. Dr. Archit Pandit from Max. Fantastic, very progressive. But the rest of it, I don't think, I mean, there's always this look of, mm, okay, you know, like that. So that is mm. something I think we should get rid of, you know, we are sitting in 2022, uh, people are mature, people understand medical issues, people can speak for themselves. So I think those reactions just need to need to go off the chart, I think. So it was pretty difficult. It is difficult, not just for me. A lot of other girls, you know, have, I've spoken to a couple of them, like not couple, at least tens of them. But that's a problem that is very specific to our country, unfortunately, you know, in, in, the, for, in the Western countries, it's not really a big deal. First of all, cancer over there, while it is a, you know, dread, dread, dreadful disease, but then still, I think because people talk about it in a very normal manner, it's like any yeah. other disease, there is a certain acceptance about it. Here, we mm. think that if somebody says I was a cancer survivor, it's full-on death sentence, you know. So, which is not the case, you know. There's, the medical sciences 
the treatments, everything has improved. The expectancies have improved. So the important part is that we normalize saying the word cancer. Okay. Yeah. It should scare. While it is scary, I, I live with it every day. You know, it's, it's not as fancy and rosy as I'm making it sound. But still, it's not like you're going to die like tomorrow. You know, science is advancing. and We should have that belief. How we talk about stomach ailments, how we say that we got flu, right? Mm. But we know that we bounce back from that. But with cancer, you think that, you know, few months, this person is just going to like go off. So that that's... Uh, that conversation, I think, if we don't talk about the disease in a normal manner, how do you think we get into the details of it and then actually push people to think on those lines that their symptoms could actually be something as serious as cancer? You know, in your houses, when somebody says, when I talk, like, for example, I'll just give a very funny example, but whenever in my house, I say, again, uh, cancer, somebody would like, my relative would come and say, when I say that I had cold, then I'm not getting scared. Okay. Mm. It's not something that we shouldn't speak. But with cancer, so don't utter the word, you know, it's like the end of life. It's not that. It's not that, really. It, yeah. is, it is it is a tiring journey it is absolutely um, it takes a toll on you it takes a toll on your mental health also but if you are like kind enough to ourselves and uh, that if you're able to believe in ourselves and you know take it as just one one i think stumbling block and just get one it out of it. one step at a time absolutely and for that i think you need to appreciate your hard days the bad days and then the next to remind yourself that you could you could come here up till here and you can make it forward since i was uh i was not sure so i'm visiting in february 2022 november 2020 i had no idea that i'd be here you know because that fear was all, always there but one thing i always remembered was that uh, i'm gonna get out of it by hook or by crook but that includes embracing my bad days i had real bad days where like a lot of people had to come to you know pull me together but i keep them in mind mm -hmm. that i i was able to overcome those hard days and i'm looking forward i'm doing what i always wanted to do i changed jobs you know i got that confidence to change jobs i'm in a new city now i'm living with friends all of it is happening. Life is happening. Some parts of it are maybe they will never happen, but that's not my concern. What I appreciate is that I have today. I have today to celebrate. I have today to live, just enjoy my life. So that confidence is something that you have to build day on day. And I think uh, it's possible. It's possible. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I do it for myself. So, yes. Yeah, I think that's really inspiring. And, you know, on a very uh, personal note, I love talking to you. I, I just love your energy. I love listening to you as well. Thanks, Mira. Thanks. You guys are amazing. And I've been such a fan. Like, I've spoken to all of you before as well. And I think, uh, I think you are the women that this country needs. 
so just keep at it please thank you <laughs> like if i would have ever had a daughter i mean unfortunately life will never uh, let me have that maybe in other forms or shape but if i have ever had mm-hmm. a daughter i would have really pushed them to be you girls you know <laughs> very candid i mean maybe even unrelated but very very candid you know uh, love from me to you <laughs> you guys are amazing and please convey my regards to your parents i've always told udita arna everybody i keep telling them your parents are doing a great job and uh, uh, you're you're driving such conversations which is not easy first of all uh, at a tender age as yours to understand these things uh, is something that i really appreciate and i think uh, you are the future yeah thank you i think that's a great uh, you know source of inspiration coming from you yeah uh, i agree with you i think that in india we do need a thinking shift and that will take time but now like us many other ngos have started coming on instagram and posting about stuff that people need to talk about and they weren't so i completely agree with you so another question to you how can we counter misogyny in the health sector to create a sp- safe space for young women going through similar health conditions um kathi i'd say it should start from uh, top to bottom like it should be the healthcare providers who should be first comfortable with you know giving help to who needs it you know without too much probing too much questions if somebody is coming to you uh with a certain ailment or some complaint you know you do not dismiss them based on their age on how they look how healthy they look you know and their marital status you don't do that i think it's a uh, uh, it would sound harsh but it's a responsibility that the doctors in the country have to take uh which is uh, i'd say that uh you know uh i'd say it it just starts from the doctors another thing we can do is to kind of create that safe space within our own households you know that so that uh, periods are not looked down upon period issues are not looked down upon you know uh, somebody in your family some aunt you know some does not come to you and tell you that if you're having periods or period issues that there's something absolutely wrong with you people should be supportive in that manner that narrative has to change you know your friends let's like i said top to bottom your friend circle uh, people the women that you interact with should be comfortable sharing you know issues that they have probably for example god forbid in the future you have a friend who is going through such and such you can at least push them to make that effort to go to the doctor right not tell them to sit and tell them that it's normal uh it's females do that all the time you know pet mein dard ho raha hai कोई बात नहीं हैवी पीरियड्स हैं कोई बात नहीं एंड हो जाता है इट विल बी फाइन द नेक्स्ट मंथ यू नो यू गो एक्सरसाइज इट समथिंग नाइस इट वुड बी फाइन सो ऑल ऑफ दोज कॉन्वर्जेशन डोंट टेक इट लाइटली सो क्या सर्कल यू नो यू शुड बी अवेयर ऑफ वॉट टू से टू अ फीमेल हु इज कमिंग टू यू विद प्रॉब्लम देन इट्स ऑफकोर्स आई थिंक ऑन टू योर ओन सेल्फ यू नो यू डोंट टेक शेट फ्रॉम पीपल फॉर योर ओन कंडीशन इफ समी शेम्स यू फॉर हैविंग अ सर्टन कंडीशन you do not do not you know uh just just like remove them from your life you don't need that negativity you don't need for example a male to tell you that your period pain is 
inconsequential and you're probably overreacting. There's nothing yeah. against any community, but I'm saying that there are people who have a view on how your periods should look like, you know, or if you're suffering or not, whether you're anemic or not, or whether there is a magical cure to your gynecological issues. Do not tell, let anybody tell you that because it's ultimately your uterus. <laughs> it's ultimately your body who's actually dealing yeah. with all of this. Problems so, related to menstruation, I think, are stigmatized so much course, that most people don't pay any attention to it. Right. And Kathy, uh, as much as we'd like to bask in the glory that we are sitting in 2022, I still have seen households where females are really, you know, made to made to sleep on the floor, made to not touch anything in the kitchen. Um, I think it's a huge cultural shift that needs to happen. But I don't know when will that be. We are already sitting in the 21st century. So those maybe, you know, um, if things don't change around you, maybe you be the drivers of change and don't let it happen to any other female around you. Just speak up, like, you know, question, which many of us don't because we are so structured in our thinking. Most of us, I'm talking of the, you know, like a, I'd say, general public i'm not talking of specific people who have these very forward ideas but if you see like 90 percent of the people females in the country they're conditioned in a certain way to feel bad about their own bodies to shy down on talking of periods they can't even openly say that you know they're going through period pain and they just want to not work for example or you know just want to rest up or just want Mm -hmm. to be like away left alone we can't even talk all those but things are changing, I'm sure. Things are changing. And uh, uh, we are the best advocates of our own bodies. And considering, I mean, the environment that we live in, whether it's uh, being in the ACs, eating some genetically modified food, or just having these long working hours, sitting on the chair, you never know, you know, whether where is the cancer creeping in from in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. Till now, I don't have a clear picture of, you know, uh, why cancer happened to me? I was, I mean, there, there's been no report. There has been no communication. It's definitely not mm-hmm. genetic because nobody in my family has. Mm-hmm. So I think being the advocates of your own body, being your own advocates is the only way to go and to support women around you. Give them that voice. Many people don't have that voice. Uh, my parents, uh, I would say, I fall in that very lucky bracket that they don't kind of mind I wouldn't say mind but they don't question me speaking about you know so so unabashedly about my experience because most Mm -hmm. won't do that and I've seen unfortunately a couple of my friends are also dealing with uh, some kind of cancer like breast cancer this and that they're not allowed to speak at all so it becomes even more heavy for them to deal with it like you know people think that it's some everything is like uh glorious with you and you're just living like a very normal life but inside probably those people are crushing you know (laughs) they really want to share it they really want to speak about it so not everybody has that privilege and I do understand that not everybody wants to like actively uh, go back in time and just keep on you know kind of uh, uh, breaking their heads around their whatever their ordeal was but I think it also uh, while I do it out of choice, I also take it as a, my personal responsibility to be speaking about it because um, it does 
save lives you know it's like i previously also said when somebody just heartwarmingly just messages you and says that hey i went to the doctor because of you hey i got mm-hmm. diagnosed with pcod but rest all looks okay does not mm-hmm. look cancerous it just gives me immense joy i mean it just makes me like happy for the rest of the day so yeah i think uh, i'll keep doing it as much as i can i'll keep speaking about it as much it it does make you sad sometimes <laughs> yeah. but uh, i think it's important it's important i've like met a couple of uh, great campaigners now like both they are also uterine cancer survivors of some kind and uh, some uh, breast cancer survivors they're such great activists and such fierce women um really take inspiration from them you know and uh, i think a, a country like ours needs a lot of work around this which is happening i mean like you said uh, a lot of instagram stuff is happening these days you know people are talking in all sorts of languages so that it's understandable mm-hmm. so i just want to also add to that you know bandwagon yeah. and yeah. Uh, just do my bit i think yeah and also i remember this one line that you said very prominently that people said that you lost your stridhan but i mm-hmm. i am a stree and i am i'm my own dhan yes. i yes. really feel that you know it's very yeah. important for us to uh, not only just recognize the consequences but also normalize these consequences yes yes so um you know i think uh, our the generation for example people of my age what i personally uh, you know realized and personally lived that experience people of my age are not really irked by the idea of not having a uterus or you know having kids mm-hmm. of their own everybody is pro adoption like at least in my circle everybody is pro adoption everybody thinks that you know uh, if there's love inside you you probably can give it to anyone but i think the mm-hmm. generation like my fathers and the like so then they're still like hung up to that idea of uh having genetic kids and you know not having that emotional inclination to somebody that you adopt they're still of the different idea and it's very hard to change i think you know it's very hard to change um my grandfather still <laughs> does not accept that something mm-hmm. like this has happened because like i said the social construct is such that you are as good as your uterus you know it's not he's very supportive of me he loves me but he feels that probably it would be very difficult for somebody to accept me as such you know quote and quote accept me because yeah. uh, now i lack something in my body you know yeah. so um, that is something that of course you know bothers me that oh, is it like you know is your self worth just about your uterus um this is very uh, probably i'm just getting a little too uh, deep you know on this conversation but this is true you know um sometimes you would feel that okay was i just meant for you know um mm-hmm. being a mom or just giving somebody a child you know is that your only mm-hmm. existence so such questions are very poignant they do run through your mind sometimes but then like i said be your own advocate <laughs> be your own best yeah. friend love yourself first and then i think you always have love to give to others one mm-hmm. organ should not be defining uh, your worth you've made yourself something in whatever years of your life 
so if something's gone it's gone because it was important to for you to save your life so people need to just accept it that you know um, what i cherish today is being able to sit here and talk to you guys at one point <laughs> even that was in the thought in my mind you know i would just say that okay i'm going it could be just any moment so uh, like you have to do a lot of self talk i think to get over something like this self talk mm-hmm. reminding yourself that you know what you what you've been all your life the kind of person you are how much integrity you hold how much strength you hold and it amazes you you know something like a cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. it amazes you you'd see most of the cancer survivors they have this very positive you know smile on their faces because you know you go through any of their instagrams or whatever it looks happy but inside it has taken them some immense amount of courage to be smiling like that because it's mm, absolutely shattering yes yeah i take inspiration from everywhere and i remind myself that my life is so much so much more than my diagnosis mm. so i keep at it yes i am my own dhan of course <laughs> yeah so uh, we also you know i also know that you have a food page uh, where you post your uh, things that you make um, how did you you know get uh, passionate about cooking okay so um, it, uh, there's like a childhood story to that my brother used to be in bombay when mm-hmm. we were children he's a professional cricketer so my mm-hmm. mom used to be away for quite a long time like you know 3 4 months at a stretch so we didn't like the food that a cook used to make so it just happened out of chance and my mom is a great cook and then i realized that you know i really really enjoy uh, cooking mm-hmm. so i've been cooking like almost all my life since oh. i was 13 i think i started <laughs> experimenting learning so yeah oi uh, rama rama is actually uh, indicative of my mother's name my mother's name is rama so mm-hmm. oi rama rama is a page dedicated to oh. her <laughs> because when you eat rama's food you go oi rama rama <laughs> that was uh-huh. some silly logic that i had to it that's really sweet <laughs> yes <laughs> so yes i've not been pretty active there because i had to shift cities but then yes okay. when i get my a place of my own i definitely plan to uh, share more recipes and uh, just uh, i think uh, share my mm-hmm. food love for food i think all of us love food so maybe you can yeah. check that out <laughs> a lot of vegetarian yeah. stuff because i'm a vegetarian yeah. but um, i'll keep that page active it's one of my babies that i really like to pamper i think <laughs> okay um so you've already you know encouraged and inspired our, our audience already but um are there any final words of encouragement that you would like to say to someone who is going through a similar situation um two things why well, i'll i'll speak from two perspectives one is for the patient and a second for the caregiver um uh, for the patients i'd say that uh, mortality is something that we have to the you know the third mortality is something that we have to deal with because mm-hmm. i um acknowledge that fear of you know losing your life is very real very real so uh, don't let it uh, drown in over optimism because mm. i'll tell you what when you drown in over optimism you tend to put a lot of undue pressure on yourself 
I don't know if I'm making sense, but we do tend to put, you know, you have to like suddenly solve every problem. You have to suddenly uh, get out of every tough situation and suddenly try to uh, solve the mystery and be your, you know, prior self. So after a cancer diagnosis, I don't think there is a prior self and a lot of cancer patients would agree to me. Uh, it's a whole new way of life. It's a whole view, a new way of looking at things. It's a whole new... Uh, perception of life you know it really teaches you what matters what not it really uh, allows you to pause you know and think and really reflect on uh, how much energy should you be actually investing in something so um, I would just say that please be uh, don't be harsh on yourself if you're feeling sad it's valid if you're feeling uh, uh, cheated <laughs> it's valid I think if you're feeling uh, that why me it's absolutely valid. So yeah. if somebody pressurizes you into being some superhuman who does not, you know, who's come out of this cancer thingy and suddenly become like awesome, I don't think so that people should take that pressure. It is something extremely heavy and we should give ourselves that space to heal, give ourselves that space to, uh, you know, embrace it. And not, not, I'm not saying just let it define your life. It's just that, Please accept and then move ahead. Don't try to defy it and just try to, uh, you know, people say, just forget it. It doesn't happen. So we need to be kinder to ourselves to be able to deal with it. And the loss of your prior self, I think it's legit. And, you know, sometimes you feel that, even I feel that, you know, I was like, I keep telling my friends, oh, I was so chirpy. I was I was so like loud. I used to like dance all the time and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, so I want to be that, you know. Suddenly, like my memory washes away and I don't remember any of it, and it just become my prior self. But in reality, it won't happen. While I can be all of those things again, which eventually I will, but then I also have to accept that something deep has happened something that needs my attention and i need to heal out of it and then move on so all the cancer patients out there guys please please i mean take your time take as much as time you want there is no rush while it might look like a life is a race but it's still your life yeah. and you still have to take it easy on yourself don't beat yourself up yeah. not worth it uh second of all to the caregivers i think uh please, I mean, be extra supportive. We won't make it without your support, <laughs> I think. Mm. Please, I mean, if somebody's going on and on about their situation, it's just that probably they don't have any definitive answers to uh, how to resolve this and move forward. So that support, whether or not you understand it, I think just be there in solidarity, be there in thought, be there with your time, check on these people. Um, it's really it's really something that we can't explain so that support is i think all we have so never let that go yeah right so um with that i think uh, we would like to end this episode of our podcast thank you so much uh prakshi ma'am for taking out the time to chat with us um talking to you has made us realize how much of society and its overall health um can improve if we have more discussions like these and um, i hope that the people listening to this podcast take charge of their health and wellness and find this podcast useful so uh, thank you so much once again
thanks meera thanks kathy udita arna shrishti i can see you all on the call uh, thank you uh, the girl up club you are uh, like i always always say that you are really bringing up some great women for the future and that makes me immensely proud and guys please uh, you are the agents of change please keep talking about it please you know i'm i know you are already making that great you know uh, effort towards it but then uh, never lose sight of it you know just be at it people the society needs people like you and thank you for giving me this platform thank you for connecting me to fellow uh, you know survivors caregivers who probably are going through something similar and they just need like a word of support i wouldn't say encouragement but just a word of support uh, sometimes that is all they have and thank you for giving me that voice and uh, helping me reach out to more people really appreciate it that was miss prakshi saraswat talking about her journey battling uterine cancer thanks for tuning into today's episode we'll see you all the next time until then take care and stay safe